Welcome to the Unity of the Valley Spiritual Center podcast featuring Reverend Dahlia Adams. You may visit us online at unityvacaville.org or you may visit us in person at 350 North Orchard Avenue in Vacaville, California. And now here is Reverend Dahlia Adams. I am so grateful for each and every one of you that has joined us here today. My name is Reverend Dahlia Adams, and I'm honored to be here with you. It's 2022, and this year we're focusing on both the mystery and the art of life. In the last few weeks, we've been talking about what we mean by the mystery, and we began looking at what the art of life is. And with the mystery, we've acknowledged that much like Lao Tzu, the mystery that we could define exactly is not the great mystery. Lao Tzu said the Tao that can be spoken is not the Tao. And it's a matter of approaching the mystery a little bit deeper, a little bit closer. And as we approach it, we develop skills and ways of being and ways of understanding that work that enrich our lives, that help us know who we are and what it means to be in this life, here in this plane. But as we look at this mystery more deeply today, I want to begin with love. And specifically, I want to talk about a part of a prayer that in unity we say often. And I want to talk about the love of God enfolds me. In unity, we say a prayer called the prayer of protection. And we usually use the plural. The light of God surrounds us. The love of God enfolds us. The power of God protects us. And the presence of God watches over us. And the prayer goes on, but we can also say the prayer personally for ourselves. The love of the light of God surrounds me, the love of God enfolds me. Or we can say it for someone else. I had a friend that whenever she parked her car, she said the prayer of protection for her car. And she would use the you. She'd say the light of God surrounds you. The love of God enfolds you. She did that in place of paying for an alarm for her car. And the best that I know, it worked perfectly for her. So the love of God enfolds me. I, I invite you right now to quietly say that to yourself. The love of God enfolds me. And just notice if it brings up any feelings, any sensation in your body, what that is like for you to believe or to know, to experience that the love of God enfolds me. In this moment, I am enfolded in the love of God. It is a wonderful place to start as we delve into this mystery 
an art of life because the very nature of God is love, or so great spiritual teachers and the scriptures tell us. Paul in his, um, John, I'm sorry, in his letters wrote, whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. And so that was a teaching that was actively taught right after the time of Jesus. It is a teaching that has been taught by other spiritual traditions. So whatever we might do to find God or to know God or to experience this great mystery that we are, that is the ground of our being, if we don't begin with love, if we don't know and experience love, if we don't love ourselves, others, God, then we are not really approaching the truth of what God is because God is love. And so, as I was saying before, when we're looking at the mystery, one question inevitably leads to another question and then another question. And with each question, we deepen our understanding. So if God is love, what is the love that God is? Is it a hug? Usually that's not what people think of. However, I have spoken to people over the years that have described a time or a situation in which they were afraid or lonely and reached out in prayer for the presence of God and actually experienced the physical sensation of a hug. They, exper they experienced uh, being held, being embraced by the presence that is God. But typically when we think of God as love, we think of a love that is great, that it is unwavering, that is faithful, that is eternal. In our human experience, we might love very deeply, but things come up. Sometimes the person that we love does something, you know, that thing that makes us so angry or makes us feel so hurt. And so we sometimes don't even talk to the person for an hour or a day or a week or God forbid even a year we hear of this happening between people. So when we think of the love that is God, it's not subject to all those changes. The love that is God is not dependent on how we've been behaving this particular day. The love that is God is there and present for us whether or not we've been aware of God's presence whether or not we've prayed, whether or not we've been at our best, the love of God is present, equally powerful, equally strong, equally infinite, no matter what the circumstances. God is not like Santa Claus who checks off whether we've been good or bad that day 
and then doles out love accordingly. The love of God does not change. It is eternal, unwavering, and faithful. In our scriptures, in the Bible, there are hundreds of references to the faithfulness of God. And that refers to this love that is unconditional, unwavering. In letters to the Hebrews, God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. In the book of Deuteronomy, in the Hebrew Bible, the book of Deuteronomy is the book that describes the, the entry into the promised land, the end of the exodus. Moses led God's people out of slavery and led them to the edge of the promised land. And Moses himself did not go with them. But he was speaking to them. And he said, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid, for the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Again, that emphasis on the unwavering nature of the love that is God, of the faithfulness of God. Our co-founder, Charles Fillmore, also tried to describe the love that is God. And he said, love is the power that joins and binds in divine harmony the universe and everything in it. This love that is God is great enough to bring the entire universe. It's great enough to allow the stars and the galaxies and the universes to stay in the heavens, if you will, and follow their orbits, follow their movements. It is the love that allows humanity to survive. It's the love that brings all living creatures together. It is the love and the power that joins and binds in divine harmony the entire universe and all of its pieces. The other reason that it's important to begin with love is in, when Jesus was teaching and he was asked, what is the most important commandment? What is the most important thing for us to know and for us to do? Jesus answered, the most important is, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And he went on to say, and you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your mind, and all of your strength. So when he was asked what was most important, he referred back to a teaching in the Hebrew Bible that the Lord our God, that God is one. And when we talked about the mystery, we talked about that's the heart of the mystery, the one presence, the one power, 
the oneness that is God, our oneness with God. Jesus said that's the most important thing to somehow grasp this oneness, that the Lord our God is one. And once you grasp that to love God with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your mind, and all of your strength. I've mentioned this before, but one of my favorite PowerPoint slides that gets played in our fellowship hall, in our social hall, is a quote from Paramahansa Yogananda that essentially says, let me think of you addressing God so much, so often that you become my only thought. And so when I read in the, in the Gospel of Mark to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, with all my mind means that God becomes my only thought. God is the only idea that fills my consciousness. That's big. That means all of who and what we are is the way we love God. And we know this. When we fall in love, you know, the, when we first fall in love and the person we're madly in love with, we get that because that person becomes everything. The sky is bluer, flowers are brighter, cars are faster, you know, the weather is perfect, songs somehow are more vibrant. Everything changes and everything we think of, everything we do, our hearts, our minds, our souls are filled with this person. So we know that's possible. We know what that is. And this commandment says that's how we are to love God. Just trying to pause a minute and imagine what life is like once we start entering into that consciousness. So how do we do that? What does it mean to love? And, you know, again, I, I went to Google and because Google tends to have really good answers for things, even things that there are no answers for. And in Google it said to love is to feel a deep affection for, to find joy in, to be happy with, to value, to long for, to have great interest in. And so all of these things we could use as pointers, things that we might strive to do or things we might embrace ways of being that we may embrace with this intention to love God, to find joy in God, to find value in the time we spend contemplating God or spiritual reading or prayer, to long for, and we experience this in life, we long for purpose, for meaning, we long for depth of experience, we long for something greater than their day-to-day -day stuff. And that is a longing for the divine, a longing for God. 
And as we move on this path, we find more and more interest in the things of spirit, in the possibilities that live in the spiritual life, in knowing that we are spiritual beings. But what does it mean to love God? The Google was saying that's what it is to love. What does it mean to love God with all of our hearts? Oftentimes in our culture, as well as others, but in our culture, we love God by serving God, right? But if we stop to think about it, what is it that God needs from us? Should we be feeding God? Should we be building buildings for God? Churches? Um, should we be creating great art for God? Should we be tuning up God's car? God does not need us to serve God. God has all that God needs. God is all that God needs. God is in all things, everywhere present. God is all-powerful. God does not need us to serve him. And yet culturally, and not just in our culture, serving God is one of the big ways that we demonstrate our love for God. And that's fine, but we need to know that that service and our serving God in order to show love is for us. Because some people express love the best through serving. So if you are a person who loves by serving, then by all means, serve God. But realize that this is your form of expression and God is happy with you just the way you are because God does not need help. Or do we love God through worshiping, by honoring, by acknowledging, by um, humbling ourselves before God, by seeing the, the awesome presence that is God? Again, God does not need to be worshipped. Last I heard, God does not have a shaky ego. God does not need to have reinforced that God is great. But again, for some of us, that is a way of loving. That is a way of expressing love. And so if worship is a way that we love, then by all means worship God. But know that this is your way of expression and God does not demand worship or adoration. Do we love God with all of our hearts by longing for that presence, by finding joy in the presence of God? And again, if that is our way of loving, that's a great way because that is our way of expressing love. But know that that which we long for, great poets have written that 
the God that we long for is longing for us. That this longing, again, doesn't feed an ego of some deity. That this is innate. This is the love that is within us, the love of God within us. God longs for us and we long for God. And this is the love of God expressing. So then again, mysteries are about one question leading to another. If I am one with God, and we've talked about that this is the core teaching, our oneness, one presence and one power. If there is one presence and one power that is God, it, it cannot mean that there is God, the one presence and one power, and here I am, the other presence. If there is one presence and one power, then I am one with that which I know is God. And so if I am one with God, what does it mean to love God with all of my heart? You know, this question starts taking us to that place where we start hitting up against a, a wall, sort of. Like, I'm approaching this, but how do I get closer? How do I understand this more deeply? Does that mean that I love myself with all my heart? Can I love God with all of my heart and not? love myself with all of my heart? Again, just questions because this is that mystery. Does it mean that I love with all my heart the truth of what God is and who I am? Because those questions go together. If I am one with God, if you are one with God, what does it mean to love God with all of your heart? I love Rumi. Sometimes he captures things in ways that logic cannot reach. Rumi wrote, You've no idea how hard I've looked for a gift to bring you. Nothing seemed right. What's the point of bringing gold to the gold mine or water to the ocean? Everything I came up with was like taking spices to the Orient. It's no good giving my heart and soul because you already have these. So I brought you a mirror. Look at yourself and remember me. So the love of God enfolds me. That's where we started. And we're left with a question, what does it mean? What does it mean? What does it mean in this moment? The love of God 
has no choice but to enfold you in an unwavering, faithful way that love of God is eternal. It is everywhere present. Wherever you are, God is. God is love. So the love that is God is always there, enfolding you, filling you, moving through you, expressing as you, comforting you, strengthening you, inspiring you. But how do we explain it? And what do you say when someone asks you, what does it mean when you say the love of God enfolds me? What does it mean? So again, we're approaching this mystery. We're diving in a little deeper and we keep getting more and more questions. But let me leave you with this. God is love, and I am love. There might be moments when I'm not acting and feeling like love. It doesn't matter, though. I am one with God, and God is love, and I am love. God is love, and you are love, and so it is. We hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support this podcast, you may do so at unityvacaville.org.